Want to uncover the secret to being more grounded in Jesus and having unshakable faith? Well, in this episode, we'll be listening to an audiobook recording from Planting Your Purpose. And if you'd like to learn more information about how you can get this book for yourself, then you can head to plantingyourpurpose.com. You've got a dream to glorify God and make your mark on the world. Maybe you want to grow a business, start a ministry, or become a better servant leader. Whichever level in life you want to hit, I believe that God's calling all of us towards something greater than where we are now. So join me as I document my journey to learn how to grow an online ministry in ways that are effective, biblical, and aren't stuffed with complicated religious or business mumbo-jumbo. My name is Alec Hassan, and welcome to the Digital Ministry Mastermind Podcast. Day three, first things first. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, verse 33. Before we proceed further, it is crucial that we clearly understand that the center of our attention should be on things that are dependable, reliable, and trustworthy. When we put Jesus first and have him at the center of our lives, this is the type of growth we can expect. Jesus brings us from insecurity to confidently living out who God made us to be. Our trajectory goes from constant fluctuation to plain and straight. Our discernment goes from feeling distorted to clear. Our strength and endurance go from frail and crippled to energized and highly proactive. Let's say Jesus isn't first. What happens when we start putting things like our romantic relationship, family, money, work, possessions, pleasure, peers, self, and even religion in place of God in our hearts. Putting people first. When people are put first, our identity is based on how others treat us, whether they accept us, and what they expect of us. Their opinions of us, whether true or false, heavily influence our image of ourselves. Our trajectory is limited to what others think is best, and we are molded to their preferences slash comfort level. Our progress is based on when they move, where they go, and how far they go. Discernment is limited by the perspective of the other people and is distorted to meet their wants and desires. Energy levels are influenced heavily by others. Our strength and endurance are only as strong as our weakest relational link. Sure, you might be around people who inspire you and encourage you to be better, but they are few and far between. Putting money and possessions first. When money and possessions are put first, our personal self-worth and identity are based on net worth and tangible things. Our trajectory is based on making profit and protecting what we own. The desire for more wealth and material is never quenched. Discernment is distorted through the lens of comparative economic standing and making more money. Strength and endurance rise and fall depending on how much money we have. Our potential is limited by what we can buy or are paid. Putting pleasure first. When pleasure or the self is the center, Our identity is constantly shifting due to short-lived moments of feeling good. Our enjoyment is dependent on our environment making us feel good. Our trajectory is based on what's in it for me and what will give me the most pleasure. Discernment is skewed to benefit the self over others. Strength and endurance aren't best utilized or even developed when we put pleasure first. Since strength and endurance grow through challenges, the avoidance of situations where we are not in comfort is what prevents us from encountering challenges that grow us. Putting work first. When work or religion is the center, our identity is defined by our occupational role. The more we work, the greater the self-worth. Our trajectory is based on how much work can be accomplished and if our actions will be positively evaluated by peers. 
Efficiency is made greater than effectiveness. Discernment is limited and conformed by our role in the workplace. Strength and endurance are based on position and role, organizational constraints, and the boss's approval. We can see that allowing any one of these things to influence our heart can lead to a constantly fluctuating life. When God is first, this means that we are trusting our life, ministry, or business to that which is never changing, never biased, and always loving. We are essentially building upon the firmest foundation. There is a famous quote from Jesus where he talks about building a house on sand versus building a house on the rock. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. The popular lesson people learn is that building a life on what Jesus teaches is like building a house on a rock. It's firm, solid, and won't shift or fall apart during the storms in life. Building on rock is very difficult and extremely time-consuming. Rock, obviously, is very hard and solid, which means digging through it can feel downright impossible. In order to build a house, you need support beams that go several feet underground, and it isn't easy when the ground is literal rock. Plus, constructing a house's foundation takes up about 50% of the entire time that is spent building a house. Yet, the house's foundation determines 100% of the longevity of that house. So if you have a solid foundation set, you have a long-lasting home that seems nearly impossible to knock down. But many don't want to put the time or energy into digging through that rock. They would rather dig into sand, which is quick and easy. You dig a couple holes, insert a few support beams, and then you are practically halfway done building the house. But you know the story. That house won't last. In the short term, it might be easier to make decisions in favor of what will make you look good in front of others, or choose an option that might make you a lot of money. But as we established earlier, these things are constantly fluctuating and won't lead to fulfillment or purpose. But there's also another valuable lesson that many will not see in the story of building a house on the rock. Many scholars believe that in Jesus' story, he's talking about not building a home in a wadi. Now, wadis are deep ravines with high cliff faces that are found in the desert. They are created by water rushing through these ravines, which creates these channels for the water to flow through. Now, you might be thinking that since it's a desert, there isn't a lot of water in those wadis, and most of the time during the year, you would be correct, but not during a rainy season. When it rains, these wadis are overflowing with rushing floods of water. In fact, the number one cause of death in the desert isn't dehydration or heat exhaustion. Ironically, it's drowning. The reason why is people will be in these wadis when there is rain, and then an unexpected flash flood will occur, taking out anything and anyone in them. Go on YouTube and look up flash floods in Wadi Perez. At around the 3 minute and 20 second mark in the video, you will see a torrent of rainwater rushing into a wadi. You can even look up wadi flash flood and just watch all the videos that come up. These videos make it easy to imagine how devastating it would be to build a house in a wadi while rainwater is crashing through. And if you would like to hear more about desert imagery in the Bible, I recommend looking up the Bay Ma podcast and listening to episode 29, Images of the Desert, Wadi, and En Gedi. You see, Jesus isn't only talking about the structural integrity of rock versus sand. He is also referring to the wise and safe placement of where one's home is built. If you have a vision and mission that is based on values which are derived from Jesus' teachings, then your actions and impact will endure the test of time. Sure, it might not be easy, just how building a house on rock isn't easy, but it will last, and it will be worth all the time and energy that is invested, unlike the house that is built on sand, which is positioned in dangerous territory. What you are doing right now is preparing to build on rock. 
by reading through this book, you are creating a firm foundation which will lead to a fulfilling and impactful life. When you do face trials, challenges, or setbacks, God's truth will stand firm and won't change. If anything, the only thing that changes is us and our understanding of God's truth and calling in our life. The two ways. How happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path of sinners, or join a group of mockers? Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not survive the judgment, and sinners will not be in the community of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Psalm 1. Let's focus. If you want to move people, it has to be toward a vision that's positive for them, that taps important values, that gets them something they desire, and it has to be presented in a compelling way so that they feel inspired to follow. Martin Luther King Jr. Every day there is a need for us to make the decision to see the world through Christ and to become like Christ in our everyday thoughts and contributions. When we have a vision, we can start making progress. It gives us a place to set our sights and helps us know where to be and what direction brings us there. Unfortunately, every day we are also bombarded by messages and notifications that can distract us from the vision God wants us to see. Just how a magnet can change the direction of where a compass is pointing, outside influences can point our hearts in the wrong direction. When we lack awareness of what's influencing our deeper motives, it's like building a tower on an unlevel foundation. The higher up the tower goes, the easier it is to see that it's crooked and the more prone it is to collapse. Similarly, the more authority and power we gain, the more apparent any crookedness becomes. If we aren't self-aware, don't see our purpose, and are driven by the wrong values, then we will inevitably collapse. When the Israelites were in the desert, they reverted to the values of Egypt. They forgot the dissatisfaction that came from being in Egypt and lost sight of the purpose God had for them. When the demands of life exceeded their own willpower, they leaned toward doing what was familiar and easy as opposed to doing what was best. Without vision, they made decisions based on their feelings, moods, and false thoughts. Although the Israelites were brought out of Egypt, Egypt was not brought out of the Israelites. Their purpose and identity were lost, and they found themselves wandering for 40 years, wasting not only their own future, but also wasting their kids' childhood. They meandered in a desert instead of living in a land flowing with milk and honey. If we aren't making a conscious effort to refocus on God and don't set our sights on the vision, then we will be swayed to make decisions based on circumstances and feelings instead of Jesus's guidance. But how does this all fit into the bigger picture of our salvation? When we start to recognize our thoughts and desires are not always good, we can allow scripture to determine what we should value most. This method of self-discovery could be used in the process of sanctification as well. By paying attention to where we normally get our values, whether from our family of origin, broader culture, and so on, we might find that these values need to be investigated and often sanctified. A vision that is built with the values that Jesus taught creates the framework by which we can filter our decisions. This is useful not only on a personal level, but on an organizational and even a familial level as well. When problems, crises, or even seemingly good opportunities come up, the right values can remind us of the things that matter most. It provides us direction for how to solve problems and discernment for how we should invest our time and energy. 
Aligning our values, passions, thoughts, talents, and desires with Jesus will create a more enjoyable and fulfilling life. But the goal isn't merely to have a fun time. The goal is to be more fulfilled, which comes from being more like Christ. Are you a Christian leader looking to develop the skills needed to maximize the fruitfulness in your daily walk with Christ? Do you want to overcome the burden of not living life to the fullest and fully step into your God-given calling? If you do, then you should get a copy of my book, Planting Your Purpose, a 20-day guide to discover God's calling. It's not just another devotional book. Planting Your Purpose is your 20-day guide that will provide you with the strategies, tools, and insights to turn things around immediately. You will learn how to avoid the top five mistakes Christians make when pursuing their calling in life. You'll develop more joy in your walk with Jesus and unlock the secrets to mastering integrity. And by the end of 20 days, not only will you know your calling, but you'll have an even greater sense of fulfillment and confidence in your life. Everywhere, Christians are raving about this amazing new guide to discover their God-given calling. Get your copy by clicking the link in the show notes or by going to plantingyourpurpose.com. That's plantingyourpurpose.com.